Hello and welcome to Two More Tone. I am your host, Daryl. And I'm Liz. And I'm Ian, and I think we should change the name of this podcast to just Tube. <laughs> <laughs> that that wouldn't be entirely inaccurate. <laughs> oh, it is very accurate, actually. Man, it's just like, I feel like we're off to a bad start this year. Really bad. The thing is, like, for me, it's like, I don't want to be off to a bad start. Whereas, like, the last year I was working on this, I was like... Ah, uh, just to me. And here I'm like, no, I don't want to be tubed. I don't want this to happen. <laughs> Let me out. Yeah, so we are three siblings writing books for NaNoWriMo, and we have been uh, struggling a bit. All of us, we've talked to each other about it. First, we'll start with uh, the premise of what we're trying to write. I am writing a book titled Live Was My Stalker. It's about this girl that believes that she is... The boy stalking her is her from previous, like, life. I'm writing a book called Millennium for the Macabre, and it's a spooky, like, whimsical horror book that's about uh, this island and this creature, unlike any other creature, is born, and it has to set off to find out where it belongs. And I am writing a mythological romance that's set in Italy (laughs) where it has seven third-person character point of views in a romance. (laughs) <laughs> yep. <laughs> cool. So yep. basically, if someone missed the last episode, they just think you're really out there. <laughs> I, I, th- I feel like, by the way Ian was saying it, you can tell this wasn't something he came up with. <laughs> no. Tasked with this. So how many words have we written? We are eight days into Nano. I'm. Let me do a quick calculation. How many words are we supposed to be at? Oh, don't do the It's like 13 or something, right? Yeah, 13,300 we're supposed to be at. Oh, I'm at 13. Hundred. <laughs> wow. <laughs> 10% of the way there. <laughs> I am at 4,314. Wow. I am at 4,279. Yes. Oh, so- I actually, I just eclipsed you while we were waiting for Liz to finish eating. And- is, that, is that why you were so silent? Because we kept messaging each other and you were just silent. It's because he was racing to beat you. Uh, I was doing work. Excuse you. He had to be the victor. (laughs) Yeah. Did we hit our short-term goals? I'm still like, I still don't know whether or not we should have these because we always never hit them. Mine was to finish February. I am almost done with the first day of in february the first day of five (laughs) the first day (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah to be fair it's i i've been stuck in this day for a while it's like three thousand five hundred words long i know because mine was to get to charnel and right now they're still walking (laughs) oh really yeah it's like how jay and silent bob made fun of the lord of the rings where it's just a bunch of walking hmm it's what? a deep reference. <laughs> <laughs> what was my goal? Your goal is to figure out what you're doing. <laughs> oh, I did that. That's good. Wow, congratulations. I know. Congratulations. So we're going to start with me, then move on to Liz, and then we're going to end with figuring out what Ian has been doing <laughs> in his life and his book. Because Ian's been like, I feel like you've been on the precipice of being like, to me, immediately, I'm never working on this book ever. And then you're like, I have ideas. Oh, this is going places. I'll give a spoiler for later. I don't like my book. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, I feel like every Boy. morning I was waking up to messages in our group chat of Ian just being like, I am done. <laughs> done <laughs> yeah. with it. 
So, I got off to a slow start because I stupidly was writing a short story to prepare myself for Nano, and it took too many weeks to finish. I'm like, I gotta get this done before November. November came, the short story was not done, and so I spent the first, I think, three days, yeah, finishing up. And this is just the first draft. I still have to go in and edit it, and, like, I have notes for what stuff to add later. And so, Wait, I was... Like, as an analogy, that's like if somebody had was, like, about to run a marathon, they're like, I'm going to warm up before it. And the marathon starts, yeah. and they're like, gotta finish my warm-up. <laughs> it's true, I was. I was just sitting there doing, like, touching my toes. I'm like, Ugh, hold on. Four. Five. Yeah, it was, but again, like, like I would have had, like, a mental block going into it, because I'm like, I just want to finish, like, I'm so close to finishing that story. Sure. I mean, I don't think it's smart, but that's that's why I was stuck doing it. And then I've really only had, like, two or three days where I, I've seriously sat down to write. And everything else has just been thinking about, like, oh, I should be sitting down to write. But at least, remember how I was stuck in January all last Nano? Yeah. All right, all I remember is calendars. <laughs> I, was stuck, I was trying to finish January, and I did it. I wrapped up that final day. Because I was stuck forever being like, I don't know what to do. I don't like any of this. I'm like, I'm frustrated with, like, I, I need to do something here and make some kind of statement. And instead, I just trusted my gut, and I just sat down, and I just was writing for it. And then I'm almost done with the first day of February. So I've done two days, and there's like, uh, like 26 days left to go. Until you've I've done, done the two book. so far in like four days, yeah. Okay. So it's like I I gotta pick up my pace here, especially because um, at the end of every week I need to be done with the month. So this month I need to be, or this week I need to be done with February. Next week's March, then April, then May, and June has to be wrapped up along with May since there's not enough weeks for that. And now that I'm behind, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be, Yikes. this is gonna be a bit painful. But I'm I'm not in despair mode yet. I think once we're halfway through, and I'm not halfway through my workload, I'm like. That'll really be stinging me. But I'm hopeful. I'm not full of despair like I was last year. Well, I think it's I think it's good that in one day you did what you couldn't do in a month last year, so Yeah. Well I actually I did I think I worked on two other days from last last year. maybe it was three, because I wrote like nine thousand words. And that's that's about like three thousand words for a day is usually what I'm going at. Hmm. And so I like more of the stuff that I was writing was just like as as the book goes on, writing becomes it has to become a lot more deliberate and it becomes a lot more difficult because you're no longer just exploring who your characters are, where the place they live at, like what it's like. Instead, you start building to something, you know, midway through your book. And as it goes towards the end, you start having to close off all the threads that you've left dangling that you're like, where you're like, oh, you know, my aunt is this person. I'm trying to think of a more interesting way to say it. Because <laughs> um, I was like, my aunt is a nurse. I'm like, is that exciting? Is that like a dangling thread? You're like, I got to close this up. Somehow. <laughs> I got to know more about this aunt. Who's a nurse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you have all the, the like... You know, all these story beats that you need to, to wrap up and you need to make them, like, feel good. Like, you're, you're hitting all the, the right moments as it's closing. Instead of being like, well, this book's just, like, wrapping up or it's, you know, petering out. It's running out of gas. And so, <laughs> Sorry, what? I just was going to make a gas joke. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Somebody's two today. <laughs> 
so that that was one of the difficulties I've been having, like sitting down writing, because I'm done kind of exploring with my characters. I need them to be doing stuff. And so where I'm at, like what I've been writing is like Natalie's friend, her best friend, Gigi, got into a college through like early action and Natalie is not going to make it into that college. Like She didn't apply because it has like a 27% acceptance rate. And I wanted to, to like say more things there. I'm like, but what am, what am I saying? Because like, I didn't even think about what would Natalie major in? What is she going to be doing after this book ends and stuff? And so I didn't know what direction to go with this scene. So instead, I, I was just writing it more from her point of view and just being this feeling of, like, betrayal. Because at the heart of this book is a lot of, like, betrayal and hurting people. And so I was working with that, and that that was coming out a lot better. And then I had this uh, poem that she writes when she goes home where she's thinking about how Hayden would write a poem about herself. And I really like that scene, but I had, like, no organic way to introduce it. And so as I was writing, I was just coming up with ideas when I sing down where I'm like, oh, her mom will like start by yelling at her and then Natalie storms off to her room and then she'll pull out her like uh, poetry book after she cries a bit. And as she looks through it, she looks at like the last entry she wrote about this guy that she likes. And then from there, she'll be like, Hayden likes me. So then what kind of poem would he write about me? And she tries to put herself in his mindset. All that stuff like worked out nicely. And this is why I'm also like optimistic is because I haven't hit a wall like with the last year, I'm like, I don't know what direction I'm going in. Instead, I'm I'm exploring this more like I did when I first wrote it, where I'm like, I like the feeling of this scene. I'm just going to keep like going in different directions with it. Although now this is combined with like, I need to be saying something with all these scenes. And so the, the next scene that takes place the next day I wrote about is she goes over and sees the guy that she likes. And that was one where it's like, that scene's going to require a lot of editing when I think about it because it just starts like I, like I was almost writing it like a like when you're in like a, a haze where I somehow oh. bumped out a thousand words. I don't remember really the content of the stuff. It was like because they start arguing with each other. And I'm like, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling both of their characters just yelling at each other. And it's one of those things where it's like it the scene goes on for too long. So I'm going to have to like find the essential key points of it and like hit all those things and then end the scene. Um, I, I want to refine more. <laughs> this book's so weird because I feel like this is the only project I've worked on where I am frequently at a loss of words to describe what I'm trying to go for. Like so much of it is just like a visceral feeling mm. where it's like, I, I'm, I'm trying to describe this, this feeling here where it's basically, she's asking him, it's like, why aren't we dating? Because I, I was finally having her confront him because I realized that she likes him all this time and they end up like going out by the end of the book. But I don't have a scene where she's like, we should date. And he's like, no, like I want to keep it slow or I, I don't want to do this because, again, he has a long distance girlfriend or like <laughs> girlfriend in quotations, which is another thing where it's like I was really trying to figure out. It's like, where does his like um, hesitation come from for intimacy or to be in relationships and so I was really exploring that as they were arguing. Mm. It's one of those things where it's like, like my bullet points throughout this whole book I have are just like Natalie needs to do like this, this and this. But I haven't thought through some of like the other characters where it's like, but why would they put up? A, why would it be a roadblock to her? Like, why wouldn't they like do X, Y or Z with her, which would make her mad, which is necessary for this next scene. It's like here, it's like, why wouldn't he date her? So you're saying you haven't really thought through the other characters' motivations? 
Yeah. And like made their arc organic to get the things out of Natalie that you need to get out of her. I feel like it's been organic thus far. It's just like, it's, you know, there's that point later on where it's like he has to, re- he, he doesn't reject her, but he can't be like, we should go out together. He's like, I don't know yet, Natalie. And I haven't, like, I saw that point and like he was flowing naturally for me before while I was writing him, but I hadn't like roped that point in there. So I was like, how do I tie this into what I know of his character currently? Okay. I have to say, I I don't envy you in that a lot of like the stories I've come up with, I feel like I'm always very good at coming up with the first half, which is what you said, you know, introducing characters, setting up the yeah. setting and everything. And then tying everything together is pretty hard. And that, that's why I've been so, like, trepidatious about writing this book, because I'm like, it has to be right. Everything has to, you know, it, it, I don't want it to, like, fall apart at the end. And now I'm in a mode where I'm like, I just write it, and if it's bad, other people will let me know that it, like, doesn't work here or that it goes on for too long. Sure, or we'll bring up the aunt and be like, what was up with her being a nurse? <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. oh, I forgot about that. That was a loose thread. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> There, there is something about that that I had written recently where I'm like, what am I doing with this? Like, where does this go? It's also hard because there's, like, scenes that I want to do to buffer all of the major scenes of, like, maybe, like, her arguing with people. And I need to, like, buffer those scenes with just, like, like lower-paced, more setting-absorbing where she's like, hey, like, this is what it's like living in my, you know, county in winter. And so when I sit down to, like, think about writing those, I'm just like, I need it to serve the purpose of being like a breath of relief or breath of fresh air, but it can't go on for too long. So I'm like, what do I write then? Or it's like, I went outside and it was really cold. So I had to wear like this uh, jacket and put on these gloves and it's a really long walk to school. And I'm like, is that good enough? Is that like, <laughs> does that serve its purpose? It sure does sound like somebody going to school in the cold. <laughs> So yeah, then it's like, I got to find like ways to keep it interesting. So you're not like, I'm just writing this to establish setting, Oh, which is tough. And the the rest of this month is going to be tricky because the end of the book has a lot of points where it's like, I I'm a hundred percent like really into what I want to happen in it. And this month is the only thing that it has a lot of like question marks when I play up like the bullet points, like for Valentine's day, I'm like, she hang she has to tell Hayden about something. Like she has to talk to him on that day. No, wait, no, it's a weekend. That was right. Come know the calendar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is this is the point of the calendars. Because I'm like, she also has to talk to Lauren because after she goes uh on a Valentine's Day date with Jake, the next event that happens is she goes to see a band with her friend Lauren. I'm like, I need to I forgot to seat in that she's gonna go see the band and also like the last like three days that I have, you know, jotted down. She can't, she doesn't talk to Lauren. So I'm like, I guess she'd have to text her. And now I'm trying to think about like, how to make like that interesting. And so just like Lauren texted me and we're going to go see a band. <laughs> I, I think the second to last day too is kind of loosey goosey, which is like either I cut it or I, I find something useful to do with it. Sorry, I, I feel like I would I'd like to say more, but you're I feel like you're so in the weeds of your own book. I can't really follow what you need to have done. <sighs> yeah, I mean that's definitely like the other thing too is because it's it's almost at a point where it's like you'd need to read the chapter and then be like, I like that you did this, but I didn't like that to give 
a lot of feedback. Sure. Or it, or it's, I feel like I'm used to just talking in broad strokes about things and you're being very specific. Yes. Yeah. Um, would you want to ask me anything like, like, well, I mean, just like I'm broad trying to strokes, think like, how I would talk about in broad strokes to help. Like in your story, what, like for like the next month, let's say, like, what are you trying to get to? Like, what's the main like thrust of the story? Like, have you, so, have you introduced Hayden yet? Yes. Well, I mean, Hayden gets introduced, you know, at like the very beginning. It's just that he doesn't like play a part in Natalie's life until January where she talks to him. And then it's like, here's him as an actual like person talking to her. So you've had those chapters so far? I've, I have, or and I days? am, yeah, and I'm not satisfied with them because I uh, like, it's still, I haven't nailed down their interaction yet. It's a really like weird thing. Okay. Because by February, you got to be kind of starting to ramp stuff up, right? Yeah. Like, because she must know that what's his, like, Hayden is going to commit suicide soon. And that's the other thing. I actually, I another thing I skipped out on, I'm like, I don't know when she realizes this. I don't know when to write this. Because at the end of March, the next month I'm going to write is when he kills himself. Okay, oh, so yeah. 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 And so I'm like... I, I don't know when to, like, make it an effective, like, that she knows that he kills himself there. And it's, like, one of those things where it had slipped my mind for so long because the prologue to the book is written from his perspective in March when he does kill himself. Yeah. I mean, so it, it almost seems like, like that should kind of start occupying a lot of her thoughts, right? Or no? No, no, you're right about that. It was one of those things where, like, I was preparing to do a lot, a lot more in March when it comes up, like as it slowly gets closer and closer. Because um, through a lot of this book, she doesn't identify with Hayden, and she doesn't like Hayden because she sees him as like just this bad person that like might be her, but she's like, I obviously don't do what he does. And as March rolls around, she um, starts identifying with him more to the point where it's like. I wouldn't want me to die, so I don't want him to die. Like, I don't deserve death. So, like, I don't deserve it, so obviously he doesn't either because... Yes. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, that's a good thing that I should be focusing on for February. Is that It's about humanizing Hayden more to make him be like, this isn't, like, just some, like, creepy weirdo guy. Or even if he is, like, there's a lot more to him than just that. Because I, I seeded that in just a little bit in the last month from their last conversation where she's like, oh, he understands me. Like, he understands what I'm getting at. Yeah. But I that is a good point. Like, I need another thing where it's like that she's like maybe being buddy-buddy with him now and they're getting closer so that when March comes, she's like, I don't want him to die. Yeah. Because it's not, because again, that that's kind of the point of the book, right? Yeah. It, it's, it's so weird because at times it does feel like I'm writing two books because part of it is just her life. And then the other part is just like, like this weird, I call it like the paradox in the book where she's like, I am Hayden, but I'm not Hayden. So what does that really mean? You know, like, who are we together? How are we different? Or how are the, we the same? Sure. And they haven't really like meshed together too well, which is why I'm not like happy with the scenes where she talks to him because I'm like, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel like I want it to feel yet. Yeah, because it definitely sounds a lot like about her life right now. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and I guess I shouldn't say that that's the point of the book. It sounds like that's the point of the plot is to get them together. But the point of the book 
is to just explore it well it's tough because like the plot like she hasn't gotten to the point where she's like i need to stop hayden from killing himself which is a a good point for me to consider is that maybe i should introduce that sooner so that the reader at least has something tangible because right now it's just like i just need hayden to stop following me so i'm gonna like talk to him so hopefully that like reduces his like tendency to stalk me sure but i guess what kind of makes your book complicated is because she has his thoughts it's almost like she could like say one thing but be remembering you know his thoughts and like be feeling another right yeah so one of the things that that i established like early on is as she was like interacting with him or as she was changing things it's like she has her memory of what it was like in the previous life during when all this was happening and everything was like the same until she started doing things that were like branching off from what like i call it that natalie in that timeline it's like what that natalie was doing where it's like she never you know went and talked to him Okay, and so this Natalie, the current one, is supposed to be trying to be a better person, right? Or do things differently? Um, I never really make a huge comparison between how that Natalie acted and how this Natalie acted. It's one of those things where it's like, I otherize that Natalie a lot, where she doesn't see it as herself because she identifies as Hayden because she was Hayden during that time. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But that's like that weird like dichotomy with your book though because that was her yeah it's one of those like things where it's because she doesn't know what it was like being you know that natalie when she didn't have the memories of hayden that she doesn't like think of herself as that it's like she thinks of herself as hayden because otherwise i'm like this is just a lot of layers of her to keep like track of i was gonna say this sounds very complicated (laughs) it also like one of the interesting things about like writing the book has been trying to anchor to the reader that they're the same person instead of being like i just have the memories of this guy and so in order to do that she always has to describe like how it was like being hayden by saying like i a lot which is why i don't want her to be like that natalie was me she's just like that was natalie you know that this was this girl that i really liked i didn't know anything of even though like i thought i did and i really wanted her to like me sure because that's what her hayden memory would be was that's natalie yeah yeah that makes sense Man, now I feel lost again, even though you've explained this book a lot. <laughs> what do you feel lost Wait, about? You know what's even weirder is I'm the one who's on board with knowing what's going on <laughs> yeah, now. I know. After after the first, in season two of Doomer Dome, when I explained my book to Ian, we had about like a half hour conversation after where I was trying to get Ian to understand what like my book was about and it was one of those where it's like no no it's like it's like this she doesn't have his memories she is him and he's like so they're the same soul like they're both i'm like no it's previous life and then it jumps over to here i'm just lost on it chronologically what do you mean so has so right now presently as you're writing the book has hayden already killed himself like does it go back in time after he does that so my book opens with the prologue where it's hayden in march and he kills himself yes And then it cuts to September, and then it's all from the perspective of Natalie. And she's like, oh, in this timeline, I remember killing myself. So it's a different timeline. Yes. Like it's parallel. Yes, yes, because she's like, I'm interacting with Hayden, and I'm doing things that I have no memory of doing. Like now when she's meeting with him and talking to him Mm -hmm. and explaining things to him, she's like, I never did this in that timeline, you know, the previous timeline. Well, and... That's where, like, the plot drama is supposed to come from is because she doesn't know if she's changing the outcome or if she even should because he was a bad person, yes. right? 
Okay. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not. It's she's not so much like should I or should. It's because it starts from the perspective of I don't want to be harmed by him because I don't know what he's capable of. And as she gets closer, she's like, he is me. I wouldn't harm me. But it basically is that it goes back in time because she's referring it, to that timeline, which is something that already happened. It's that she has like memories of. It's like imagine. <laughs> If, like, the whole universe collapsed and then it, like, the Big Bang happened and this same exact, like, conversation all of our lives would happen again. Okay. Kind of a thing. And this, this is, like, the second, like, timeline of it, of this all happening. Okay. Yeah. And and so that's, like, that's part of the intrigue of the book is that can she get him not to kill himself and then what happens after that? Because she has no recollection of what happens after. And as I'm writing, there are, like, a lot of things to consider, like, bringing that up where I'm, like, I'm constantly, like, how can I tie this to Hayden? Because this book is about the both of them. And at times I find myself just writing purely Natalie stuff. I'm, like, there's almost a part of me where I'm, like, why even have Hayden in this book at this point? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. I don't know. Is it okay if Natalie is the main character and Hayden's just the plot device for her to you know, explore herself and figure out what's going on and reflect on herself. Yeah, well, well, she absolutely, she 100% is the main character. Like, it's centered around her, and Hayden has, he's about as important as, like, the boy that she's interested in or her best friend. Like, he has as much kind of, like, screen time, I would say, as them. Okay. Maybe a bit more, but, like, not, you know, not an overwhelming amount. So she doesn't know if she dies when he kills himself because she has no memory of what happens after? It's one of those things where it's, like, she... As Hayden, he puts a gun into his mouth and squeezes the trigger, and then it all goes black, so... Like, that's her last memory, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I try and, like, I I try and push it out there real quick in the beginning, where she's like, I'm probably not, like, in a coma dreaming this or anything, because this feels too real. Mm -hmm. I try and, like, dispel any kind of, like, potential supernatural twists later on. Because this book is more... You're not supposed to be being like, what is happening? It's like... The difficulty of it is that you need to take it for granted that this is a thing she's experiencing, and it's about what would you do if this was happening, rather than like, but why is this happening to her? Sure, it's just a MacGuffin to explore this character. Yes, precisely. Okay. And I try and do that by, like, introducing, like, uh, her and her philosophy class early on, where maybe I'd have to write this again, because I didn't hit this point hard enough, or do it in the way that I want to, where it's like, Sometimes things just happen, and it's all about, like, how humans deal with it that makes it interesting, rather than the why, the causality of it. And I think that's what, like, my confusion was last year, is I kept thinking that the book was about the why. Yeah. So I'm like, the souls, and, like, you know, repeating timelines and stuff, but I... Yeah, you were thinking mechanically. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's going to be, like, the end of the book, because you're going to mechanically find out what's going on, but no, (laughs) it's, it's a character study, which is why I'm like, now that I know that, I can more easily let go that stuff i didn't know yeah like i changed the genre of this from like literary suspense or whatever i had it to before and i'm like you know what this is this is psychological fiction you're stuck in a character's head and you're like stuck with their experience and you're wondering how they deal with things yeah and i i do feel bad for you guys because so much of my book especially going on is just going to be like me kind of stuck in the weeds and i don't know how much to spoil because I want certain events to like come as a surprise when you read it because I feel like if you know this book like front to back it's not going to be you know I I need like fresh eyes to read it and see if they get what I'm going for when they they come across it yeah 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 I don't want spoilers 
that too. It's like I'm I'm excited to see you know Liz's opinion of it. I know Ian doesn't care about spoilers as much, but I'm excited to see like how Liz reacts to certain things that happen in this book. Yeah, I like psychological fiction, <laughs> fiction. thrillers. Speaking of psychological fiction thrillers, <laughs> this is Gordish, Gordish. Oh boy! They explode and seeds come mean? out. What do you mean? Oh boy! <laughs> I just want to. I just want to know. I think Ian only knows this because he recently listened to our. Oh yeah, two. I'm all caught up. <laughs> he knows what? Oh, about the Gordish. Oh, the Gordish. Yeah, yeah because before he'd be like, "What is your book about?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on top of it. Who's Wyvern? Bl- blood disease. Walled off city. So. Eldritch guy wearing a hood. Yeah. <gasps> so, Spoiler, we're not supposed to know that he's Eldritch. Oh, I didn't, I couldn't really hear what she said because I had. I oh, you were just agreeing with me, now. thanks. <laughs> I, heard, I heard guy wearing a hood. <laughs> no, that's okay. That was good enough for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they're heading to Charnel and. Which again, Charnel is the vamp? No, not the vampire's place. Yes? Skeleton. No, Charnel, yeah, Charnel's the skeleton. of the skeletons, which are called hollows in my book. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh... It's like Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, so they're the ones that they're looking for skin suits. I remember that. They want to steal skin. Yeah, they have a fun party town where no one is who they say they are because they all just steal skins and live lives of, like, uh, wandering. Oh, oh that sounds fun. Yeah. It's like the party city. A bit creepy. And so you wrote from where when they left the previous city and them just you just wrote them being on the road? Yeah, that they're going through this forest that's called, I think, the Forgotten Forest. Or maybe it's not that because I feel like that's Zelda. It was something similar. Though. The Frankenberry Forest. <laughs> that part was so great to re-listen to. <laughs> oh, no, it is the Forgotten Forest. Oh, no, but... Frankenberry. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So they don't know. Should I just name it Count Chocula? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's a villain. Get it over with, yeah. (laughs) So it's called the Forgotten Forest because people end up getting lost in it. And uh, Tongsworth, it's Tongsworth, Isabella, and my main character. I haven't thought of a name for my main character yet. Still, still pondering. Mm. Formerly Louie. Yeah, formerly Louie. And uh, Tongsworth says that he's been there twice, but every time he went with a guide that was from Charnel, so they helped to get him through, and this time, you know, he's the guide. So they're just trying not to get lost, and it's like a really smoggy forest, and it's confusing. And then they came to a fork in the road. To the left, it's Deep Moss Path, and then to the right, it's Sour Maggot Swamp. Ew. Ew. Don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so they choose the left. How do they know they're sour maggots? <laughs> <laughs> they choose the left, but they end up having to go right. So now I'm just writing about them trying to get through the swamp. Mm-hmm. Do you have any like cool things planned for there, or is it just a swamp? Yeah, I have. So they keep hearing screaming that was coming from the right <laughs> or from oh, the swamp. Oh, boy. <laughs> but I hadn't quite thought of. There's going to be some sort of... Uh, like action scene that happens. Sorry again, Liz. Is is this a horror book? Yeah. <laughs> okay, I thought because 
It's it's fun horror though, it's or lightly fun, well, some, whimsical it's horror. It's like whimsical with pepperings of ooh, that's disturbing. <laughs> okay, yeah, because being like Sour Maggot Swamp just has screaming happening. I'm like, that sounds really bad. And then you're like, but there's a fun town where people steal skin and everyone lies. And I'm like, that doesn't sound fun. Yeah, and then Tongsworth was just telling a story about how one of his friends used to drink ground up organs and he thought it would give him powers <laughs> but, but wow. he actually was all bone from his neck down to his legs so the, the like ground up organ juice would just fall out of him Ew. so <laughs> whimsical <laughs> I can't wait for it's like how I'm worried about how my book's gonna be perceived when we read Liz's book and we're like you are disgusting <laughs> like none of this is whimsical Liz is like no it's fine yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just listen to whimsical Halloween music while you read it, and maybe it'll work. It's starting to sound like Nightmare like, Before Christmas soundtrack. Like a nightmare house. I don't want to do that. I do. I've already been in Liz's house of nightmares. I'm ready to go back. There's battlings and rattlelands. Yeah, and Frankenberry. Battlings? Yeah. So have you, has it been difficult to write just because you haven't been feeling it, or just your job's been taking up a lot of your time? Just my job. It's just taking up time and brain power is really fun like every time i'm writing it i just want to because i've been writing on my lunch breaks and then i just want to stay inside my car and write the whole time because <laughs> i still enjoy writing it a lot <laughs> my god you're i feel like you're writing in your car last year when we did this too <laughs> no i think last year i got to write more legitimately it was the year before that that i was writing while on breaks and i would that I hated that book. <laughs> oh yeah, that poor book. Yeah. That was your long day. <laughs> yeah, that was my long day. Well, that's that sounds neat. I hope you continue writing it because I I do want to know more about that world. I don't know, sour maggots. No, I couldn't. It just took me so long to think about what to call that swamp, and I'm st- I don't know. I guess sour maggots. I maggot like that. Was good. Oh no, it's good. It's just <laughs> yeah, I don't it's... like it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like Ian's just continually, like, perturbed by your book. <laughs> like, he's been perturbed from the outset, from the gorgeous exploding <laughs> to birth. I don't things. like that. I'm just picturing, like, big swollen heads, and they just fall forward, and the heads explode, and seeds go everywhere, and they're like, yay! And it's like, no! What's wrong with all yeah, of you? that's, like, exactly how it is. <laughs> it's very joyous. Yeah, you're thinking from an outsider's perspective, Ian. Yeah, I need to, I need to think Halloween-y. Did you get to the part in the podcast where I talk about how some of them get stumped and then they are refusing to pop? <laughs> what? Yeah. That, you said that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she called the ones that can't give birth stumped. That's one of the scenes that's a little more dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's when the dark stuff starts, Liz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, so, Ian, let's talk about your long day. Oh, no. So, I can't wait to hear this. So if we remember from last week, I played the Wheel of Death. And and you lost. Oh, I lost big time. <laughs> yeah. I don't this is unrelated, but us as siblings, I feel like we all have terrible luck. Yeah, we have pretty bad luck. <laughs> like I do not go to casinos because I do not win. It's the Stephen curse. I don't believe in luck. I make my own luck, which is why my book hasn't been finished for five years. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so my book I, is tentatively titled "Kiss Me, Vampire Boy." Oof. I thought that 
was just a stand in title. I didn't know that was like a total tentative one. <laughs> amazing. Wow. Amazing fables. Well, I didn't know if I was going to take this book seriously or not. So last so last time, like I kind of alluded to in the in the beginning of this podcast, I, it's a mythological romance. And the main character, uh, their conflict is that their town's been destroyed. So they're trying to get back to their hometown. It's mm-hmm. set in Italy. And I unfortunately have to include seven characters, all at their own point of view. And I guess I didn't need to do this. I could have just picked one character, but I'm like, oh, all these characters on the list, I'll just take them all. <laughs> and man, I shouldn't have done that because they're all different and none of them fit I was together. Gonna say, I gave you an out. I was like, you don't have to take all these characters. They're like, nope, I'll just take seven and leave one out. Well, I, at the time, I was like, I'm already like dead. You know, like, go ahead and shoot, <laughs> yeah. shoot the corpse. It's already dead. Yeah. So I have to have a brusque female assassin, an anxious crafty robot, a gentle gardener with scars, a chaos-loving shapeshifter, a loner who wears a hood and barely speaks, a kind ghost that appears to be alive, and a small child who wears a mask. So is your main character the brusque assassin? No, my main character is the ghost. Oh, well, okay. Main main <laughs> character is kind of a tricky thing because again, I have to have seven points of view. Yeah. So I kind of have, and it has to be a, a romance. <laughs> so I, it's more like I have three main relationships. Wait, does the main character know that they're dead? They find out pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> By getting killed? <laughs> yeah. Actually. Oh. Okay. I don't know where you want... Do you want me to explain the characters or just start with the book? I don't even know. Start with the book. How, how does this open okay, up? Okay, so it's set in Italy in 1918 is when it starts, and it's at the end of World War One. Wow. And the main character, he's an Italian soldier, and he the first chapter is him dying. Oh. Hmm. And then... The next chapter... Does he, does he... Is he like, I wish I could see my love one last time? No, he has no love. It's all about him wanting to go back to, like, see his mama and his brother and stuff like that. All right, because he needs to go back to his hometown, yes, right? and we that need to have a meet-cute later because that's a romance thing I have to do. <laughs> so, yeah, so he just dies. And then the next chapter starts off with other characters... And then that's all you've written is... How much have you written so far of it? Like, like four chapters. It's... The, the, where I am is I'm stuck in, like, character introduction hell, which is, like, I can't just be like, this is, you know, and Cora, and he's a man, and he is tall, and he has dark hair, you know? I have to, like, organically, <laughs> yeah. and I have to do seven characters, and I have to keep I, I jumping mean... around points of view, so I have to, like, have, okay, so I need this character to be interacting with this character, and in this scene, I need them to reveal this, and then I need to jump perspectives and somehow keep this story going. You could just do that, like me. Wyron is tall. <laughs> the small child took off his mask. I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. avoid that. So, so plot-wise, guy dies, and spoiler, mm-hmm. it jumps ahead a bunch of years. And so for him, he doesn't think he just thinks he's just like woken up and he's a wounded soldier. But it's a bunch of years in the future, like say like ten, fifteen years in the future. So it's like in like yeah. the late twenties, nineteen twenties. There's a guy walking back from town. He went to this. They're in the Italian Alps. And he went to a small town to pick up a bunch of supplies for a house that he lives at. And he has a little boy with him, the boy with the mask. Mm. And uh, they're walking and they're going to stumble upon 
um, the corpse of the soldier, who he appears as if he is dying because that's, you know, he's a ghost. He looks as just, he just died. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then we jump perspectives and then we jump over to the house and then we introduce every other character in the book. Which would be every character is in that house. Yes. So, the <laughs> so, so are you doing like the real world? <laughs> Basically, yeah. Where did the robot come from in eighteen twenty? Nineteen twenty, Liz. Okay, so still. So again, I couldn't even just have a romance. I had to have a mythological romance. <laughs> yeah, Twilight. <laughs> so the mythological part is the robot is an automaton <laughs> that was made by Vulcan, who is the Italian equivalent of what's his name Hephaestus. Okay, who's he, Hephaestus was the Greek god who he made a bunch of stuff and he had like the club leg and he was really ugly, but he made a bunch of robots. Oh, <laughs> and so okay. like and so in mythology they were like giant bronze like ro- you know golems basically. Mm-hmm. And so the guy who's walking with the little boy, he is an automaton who's been alive for, you know, I don't know, a couple thousand years because he was made by Vulcan. Wow. Mm. Yep, it works. I did it. So is that your mythological aspect that you're including is that there's like the Greek pantheon is an actual like real. It, I because again, because I've been saddled with such, <laughs> with such disparate. We don't, we don't, we don't have like uh, Skype, like picture to picture stuff on. But I can just see Ian staring at the camera. Yes, and my off. hands are moving in a chopping motion as I talk. <laughs> so because I was saddled with all these people, it's it's just everything, and I'm not explaining how they work together. It's more just like imagine if there's like a crazy world, and this is just a slice of life. Okay, so you now you're less. Uh, concerned with mechanical stuff again i i gotta make this book work somehow so no i'm not concerned at all <laughs> is this why you hate it is it because you're like i want to be concerned but i can't be uh well it, no it's just more I, it's we can get to that later why i hate it remember to ask me why i hate writing this book when i'm done okay so the guy is the giant automaton and he's eventually gonna have because i've already plotted this all out he's gonna have a love arc with a human girl who kind of like understands him Mm. and because he was created as a like young 20 something good looking robot he he does (laughs) i was picturing like a big like bronze golem looking dude like a uh like an old scooby-doo cartoon villain that robot (laughs) no imagine like young uh, i was picturing c-3po no, 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 no. Imagine, like, uh, from, uh, he's in the new show, The Young Pope. He was in Gattaca Liz in the chair. Oh, oh, um, Jude Law. Jude Law. Imagine, like, a young Jude Law, but he just looks kind of bronzed. Like, okay. again, it's... just said AI. Sure, AI. Exactly. And he plays a robot in that who's, like, a sex robot, so... Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I guess... Yeah, I guess... That movie messed me up. I guess if you're right, Noah, Liz will have to talk about that. Later. <laughs> this podcast isn't the time to air your AI trauma. Just the spinach scene. <laughs> this is why she writes like she does. Yeah. Wait, when, when that when that boy's face melted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. 
like Jude Law is like a good character because you are writing a romance, so you want your characters to be like beautiful, even if they're robots. Sure. And in in researching how to do this book, I had to look at a lot of lists of what people go into romance books for, and a lot of it was everyone's attractive, everyone you know. Even though there's might be bumps in the relationship, there has to be happy endings. Everyone has to be in love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm having to work with a bunch of tropes, but that's because that's the genre that I'm doing. Okay, so the robot is walking with the little boy with the mask, and the little boy with the mask is a little satyr boy. So Ooh. he's he's the Greek part of things instead of being uh, Roman. Mm-hmm. And his he's got a backstory. Like, his whole family got killed because, obviously, it's the 1900s and people don't like mythological creatures. And so he's kind of been adopted into this household as, like, you know, I guess just adopted. And he's, I'm just going to use him as kind of a, I guess, kind of an audience thing. Or more just like a child's perspective on all the love that's happening in the book. I'm like, you know, I don't get <laughs> any of this. Love. I just want to run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the person who runs the house is my female assassin. And she is, quote unquote, a witch. Mm-hmm. And she's American. And she has long, she's basically been like a monster hunter for a bunch of years. But for... One reason or another, she's now settled down in this house with all these mythological people. And she kind of, like, firm, like, strong arms everyone into, like, getting along. And we're all going to live here and be happy and stuff. Is she a witch? She is. Oh, okay. But it's more like uh, science is magic for her. Mm. Like, she's knows alchemy and things like that. Not really oh. witchcraft. But everyone calls mm-hmm. her a witch. Yeah. Yeah. She can do, like, magical things. Right. Um, who do I have left? Uh, the gentle gardener with scars. He's going to be scarred from the neck down. And he's going to be a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, he's got, like, a tragic backstory. Like, uh, And he, he's going to be more of... He has no direct romance in the book. He's going to be, like, my lost love character oh yeah because he was i was gonna ask if he's more like a father figure to the others where he's like let me tell you about like love and you know you gotta hold on to it when you got it yes and so i'm gonna have probably very few chapters from his perspective and most of that's gonna be him internally talking to his dead wife who died you know 400 something years ago Do you think if you weren't saddled with seven points of view, he would be a character that you would just leave, like, his perspective out? Probably. Well, because, again, for, like, a romance book, you're not really supposed to be reminding <laughs> people that, like, your your spouse is going to die. How did he get scarred? Oh, that's revealed later. Do you want me to just tell oh, okay. you? I, I don't know. It's up to you. Oh, it's, like, he, he had the... He's fought in a bunch of wars and stuff like that. He went to, like, a really dark place. And eventually what he does is because his wife loved the sunrise so much, uh, every day he goes out and watches the sunrise. And mm. until his he, like, he can't stand it as his body starts to ash, and he goes in <laughs> and he wipes off the dead layer of skin and then goes to bed oh. and sleeps during oh. the day. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, He's really sad. He's such a dark <laughs> that is a romantic thing. <laughs> I will suffer the sun in remembrance of you, my love. Can almost feel her hold, holding his hand as it happens. <laughs> Poor guy. Okay. I, I was just thinking how, like, seven points of view really doesn't mesh well with romance, where you kind of just want to be following one or two characters the whole time. Well, and so I was talking to a girl at work, and she actually reminded me of the movie A Love Actually. 
which mm-hmm. does yeah. have a million points of view in it. Mm. And so the trick to me figuring out this book was I can't just have one romance. I have to have a lot of different types of romance and types of relationships going on. Oh, yeah. So, it, like, it fits for every person. It's like the, the people that have the last loves can read his stuff and, like, right. feel it. And so I'm going to have yeah. two meet-cutes. I'm going to have my robot who's in love with a girl from town. So that's going to be kind of more like the younger love. And then I'm going to have the witch is going to be in love with the ghost. And that's going to be kind of more of, like, a complicated adult love level. Mm. Like, not so, like, fun and young and flirty. I thought you yeah. were only going to do the robot. No. And then the vampire is like a lost love. And then my final two characters who I haven't talked about are the the established relationship. Like they start off established. Uh. You don't really, they don't really change much. They're just kind of there to be a reflection on what's happening in the book. I'm trying to remember what it was. It was the shapeshifter. And the loner who wears a hood and barely <laughs> speaks. So the loner who, what a relationship. The loner who wears a hood and barely speaks. He is a Norse elf. Ooh, oh, that's okay. cool. Yeah, and so in doing research, apparently there's not really much known about elves. I guess they're only referenced a few times. There's like way more written about dwarves. Hmm. And so that kind of leaves me, I can do a bunch of stuff. And so he's just going to be kind of silent and really good looking. And That's neat. Yeah. And he, and as I have him written so far, he, I think he's, he might be my dumb character. Oh, no. <laughs> but like, what do you mean by dumb? <laughs> dumb isn't just like he's very like literal about everything he does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But it's because he's so not used to living in the mortal world that like everything mm-hmm. is just confusing to him. Yeah. Um, and then my chaos-loving shapeshifter, I made her a Rakshasi, which if you know, like, D&D characters, you know what a Rakshasa is. What is it? I don't know. It's a shapeshifter that looks like, I guess their natural form's a tiger, right, D? Oh, yep. And their hands are on backwards, which is kind of weird. And that's how you can tell that they're a Rakshasa. It's it's from Hindu mythology. Right. And so I, Rakshasi is the girl version of one, and so I've... Had to look up a bunch of, like, you know, Sanskrit words and all this stuff to make it fit with the actual story of what one was. And so she's kind of like, I don't know, she's kind of evil, but Mm. I'm kind of making it that her relationship with the elf guy is kind of, you know, it's complicated, but he kind of keeps her on the straight and narrow, even though she is technically a demon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What what are all these people doing at the house? Like, how did... Did they just get there because they have no other place to go? That I, I kind of want to touch upon that, but leave it kind of open. Mm-hmm. So there was a there was a graphic novel that I really like that I don't know if you guys have read called Castle Waiting that I have. No, I haven't. Okay, so that is essentially my book. It's this house that has a bunch of fantasy characters in it, and you don't really know how any of them got there, and it just shows up with like this like new girl who ends up in this household. And she just kind of assimilates into the house and everything's just nice and fun. And everyone just has fun times and little tiny adventures. So again, it's another one of those where it's like, don't think about what mythology there is in this world or like what these people are necessarily doing here. You just like, you're in it for the ride. Yes. Okay. Because again, I got to make this work somehow. (laughs) So why do you hate this book? 
It seems like you have like a lot of plans and like a lot of outlines. You have some interesting characters. I like how they all like flow with each other. I hate this book because I do not know how to write a romance book, and I've never written mm. one. And I'm so used... this is really far out of your element. Well, and and I'm used to I'm used to books like all the other books that I've written or partially written or whatever. They all have very heavy plot in them. Oh, that's true. And so I have like you know they do this, they go here, they do this, and then I fill in the characters after and give them you know arcs that are nice and everything but for this this is just all character Mm -hmm. like nothing is supposed to happen because it's supposed to be about you know character arcs yeah it's like if anything it's like the plot has to be them like potentially like squabbling about something and then they get back together and i as a person i find none of that interesting like i I don't (laughs) like drama on shows i don't like all that stuff i I do not find that interesting yeah, it'd be like me having to write an entire book with no characters. It's just like settings. I'm like, oh god, no. Well, so like, in <laughs> give my, me dialogue. In my book, the shapeshifter ended up getting an argument with the witch, and so now I just have to have the shapeshifter just internally just being mad at the witch. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I, like this is just complaining. I'm just writing complaining for paragraph after paragraph. But like, that's what it is, right? Wow. It's a bunch of drama that I have to like write about. Yes, I haven't read, like, any romance, I don't think. Yeah. Well, oops. <laughs> I also haven't read any westerns. Yeah. Um, I do have a question, but maybe it'll just be you don't know because it's not focusing on the whys. But why does the ghost only come into being years later? I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it happens, man. Also, like, I, I think his arc is just going to be he accepts the fact that he's a ghost. Because, again, because of what I've been saddled with, he's supposed <laughs> to want to get back home. But the thing is, it's been so many years, and he doesn't realize that his town was on the front. And so his oh, town's no. been destroyed. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, mama and brother. I mean, it, again, it's sad, and it's sad he's dead, but he's in love with this witch, even though he's a, <laughs> even though he's a ghost. So everything's happy. All his friends and family are dead, but... So are you going to continue writing this book? Because it sounds like you want off this train. I wrote a little bit more. Mm. I, I told I told you this, Dee, but because I was re-listening to the podcast at work from last year, I started getting really, like, back into my old book that I was writing mm-hmm. last year. And, like, so all my time at work's been thinking was I was just thinking about that old book and being like, yeah, yeah, I should do this, I should do that. I think it'd be interesting, like, I, I would be fine with it if you pivoted over to that. Yeah, it did sound like a cool book. Like, this sounds like a book that you hate writing. It's a genre, like, you don't want to put yourself into and that you don't have, like... Like, whereas you listen to a lot of, like, you know, audiobooks, so you have a lot more um, knowledge in stuff like fantasy. Yeah. And it seems like you should be applying yourself there, whereas here it's like you're kind of just doing this because of an arbitrary bet... Yeah, And it's not even like a fun, like, oh, I, I get to think about this in a different way I hadn't thought of before. Instead, you're just like, I just don't want this at all. Well, I mean, and initially I was like, you know, as much as losing at the Wheel of Death sucked, like, I, I did it. I came mm-hmm. up with a way to have everything work together. Yeah, it almost sounds like, like, that's why I would be interested in doing, like, a Wheel of Death is just mechanically, like, outlining everything and being like, how would I make this work if this was my task? 
if this was my saddle, I must wear. Sure. If this was um, my burden. Yep. Do you, so do you wish that you could still write about something you don't care about, but that you hadn't done the Wheel of Death? I. The only thing I think might be killing me is the fact that it's a mythological oh. romance. Do you think you, do you think you could do romance or is it the mythology part that's I I think it's the mythology because I had to it's just so many different things I'm having to incorporate that mm. like if if I had just done like you know like a late 1800s you know lady of the house man of the house kind of thing I, I think yep. I could do one of those Okay, I see. Maybe I But do you know. think it's helped at all to write about something that yeah. you don't care about since that was like your goal? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it has helped a little. Like I have to think in a different way, and I have to keep reminding myself. I'm like, it's you know, it's about the relationship, <laughs> stupid. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, kind of like where you're at in your book, D. I, I, I'm in the introduction part, and so I haven't even gotten to any meat suits yet. <laughs> so I haven't even really started writing a romance yet. This is. I'm just trying to like get through these characters, and which is it's a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all crazy different. Like I have to talk about yeah. a little boy with horse, you know, goat hooves. Yeah. And have people on board. Yeah. So are you going to stick with it or I might for a little bit. Okay. Just to see where I just I kind of want to get into some of the romance to flex some of those muscles. <laughs> Do they exist? Yeah. <laughs> Soon, everyone that like Ian's gonna be writing about is just asexual in all of his future books. No lie, babies are just born, carried by storks. No lie, in a lot of my books, relationships are definitely not a focus. Mm. So this is the most so. I've ever said meet cute. Oh yeah. <laughs> and honestly, in my one book, in my tunnels book, that whole relationship is a failing relationship. So. Oh. No. oh. Like wow. that, that I could write very easily if these were all romances. Yeah, on the and then in your book you were doing last year, that guy just kept like being abusive to his wife. Yeah, see, and that was it, and nobody <laughs> else was gonna fall in love in that book. Yeah, see, <laughs> <laughs> people were just gonna don't die. find it interesting. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's one of the things where it's like I feel like you you have to find ways to write about stuff that you're passionate and if you're not that passionate you have to find like interesting ways to do it such that it doesn't come off as like clearly this is your weakest point like that's always my fear about someone reading my book and being like they're just really not good at writing like this part it's not even really weakest point it's just any way i can think about doing it feels like really like well well trodden paths Mm. you know they they meet they find each other attractive they flirt Oh, so kind of like your problem is that it's not unique enough for you? I guess. Or I just feel like while well, I'm writing it, I'm like, there's pretty much only like one way for relationships to go, right? You meet, you're attracted, things might get rocky, yeah. but eventually someone has to overcome something and be like, I love you. And then... <gasps> yeah, that is the traditional mm-hmm. story. Uh, sometimes you can have someone meet themselves in another <laughs> life. Yeah, but that's not a love story. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, and I have I have people meeting in the afterlife, so it's not not a love story, Liz. <laughs> and, and I found out I love myself. <laughs> That's a big part of that book. <laughs> it gets weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Nano Remo. 
<laughs> well, not yet. We're only one weekend. Nope. We still have. That's, no, <laughs> we're still gonna be meeting three more times after this. I'm so glad God. it's over. <laughs> <laughs> uh do we have any short-term goals about like what do we want to do what are we trying to hit next time um, sure i I'd, I'd like to get my characters introduced fully and mm. actually explained what each of them are <laughs> again it's just so hard you have even explained all of them like who what they are oh again if i wanted to just lay out facts i oh, could because yeah. they've all been in the story yeah but I'm trying to, like, you know, my gardener has to be kind of mysterious without anyone being like, he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks hey, blood. Nudge, nudge. Did you know he's a vampire? Yeah, I should be like, oh, he, you know, he sleeps during the day. He only goes in at night. He has scars all over his body, including on his neck. Are you worried that this will still be your bestseller? Oh, my God. If you had like, the demand for a sequel, or I'm like, oh, God. I'm going to have to revisit the Wheel of Death. Yeah, then they'll make yeah. a movie out of it. Jude Law. I mean, like, ideally, I'd have everyone introduced, and I'd actually have all of my love stories, Mm -hmm. like, started. Yeah. What about you, Liz? What's your short-term goal? Uh, probably, I mean, still just to get them to channel, I guess. Yeah. You're like me, where it's, like, January. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just finish January and hope I actually am there. I will be not super ambitious, but still ambitious enough and say I want to do five days. So I want to finish February. I want to go one day into March because I should have March done by the next time we beat or close to being done. But I'm going to go light. So maybe I don't feel that much disappointment if I like if I don't finish all of March. And so I can be like, I got one day of it done. Do I hear a Nintendo collection being sold? That's the thing. It's like once... I think once we record next week, which will be the 15th, and if I'm not like halfway through what I got to do, that's it's going to really start getting to me. Because I keep telling myself, it's like, I got to sit down right. I keep thinking it's like, I got all this time. I'm like, I do not have all this time. <laughs> so what you do <laughs> it is every a lie. year? <laughs> <laughs> no, some of the years I feel like I was able to do. Okay, I guess I should have said it's what you do with a lot of projects. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I got all it's, it's anything. It's anything I haven't just like anything I'm not doing from scratch that I'm trying to wrap up. I'm like, oh, I got a long time to work on it. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Oh boy. Well, uh, thank you for listening. And now I guess we'll just scream what we always scream. <gasps> oh! Uh, I don't know how that song goes. I feel like it should, we need to scream it quicker or something. It's just getting longer and longer. Oh. <laughs> We're just torturing our listeners.